Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. We just got through talking about a couple weeks ago the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer and each one of those things that Jesus outlines for us to pray are things we need. Every single one of them. We need to know that God is in heaven. We need to know that he is holy. We need, the, we need to experience his kingdom here as it is in heaven. We need to trust him every single day. We need it desperately for our daily bread. We need to forgive other people. We need to be forgiven, and we need to forgive other people, and we need help not falling to temptation. Now, there are a couple things I know for sure in life. I don't know a lot I always think about. I learn things all the time. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And But I know that when the weatherman says that there's a low pressure over the area, there's a good chance of rain. There's a good chance of good rain. So I I know that low pressure produces more rain than high pressure. I don't know why that happens. I just know it happens. And so I'm often, Lord, please bring low pressure. Send some low pressure our way. I also know that hair growth products do not work. Every time I see one of those things on TV, I go, it doesn't work. Don't waste your money on that. It makes me think about, I wonder if those vegetable pills work either, those fruit and vegetable pills. They, boy, they got money on advertising. But, but hair growth products do not work. So when you fellows lose your hair, don't waste your money. Go buy you some worms or something and go fishing. <laughs> and something else I know for sure. I think this is crystal clear without a question. This is... Absolutely the truth. Unforgiveness does not work. Unforgiveness does not work. It does not work for relationships. It does not work for families. It does not work for individuals. It doesn't help peace of mind. Unforgiveness is bad for the heart. It's bad for the skin. Unforgiveness can make wrinkles at a faster pace than cigarettes. If, if you've ever seen someone with lots of wrinkles on their face, you might talk with them. It may be unforgiveness is the creator. Do you smoke? No, I don't smoke. Never touch the stuff. Well, you must, you know, you have, are, you, are you holding a grudge? Been holding a grudge all these years? Well, you know, my brother Bill. It's bad for the skin. Unforgiveness is bad for blood pressure. Many people have blood pressure problems not because of any other reason than unforgiveness. And unforgiveness takes away the ability for people to have fun. If, if you have someone in your, in your life, if you've got someone that you know very well and they just don't ever seem to be able to relax and have fun, you, you might think it's stress from work, you might think that it's stress from problems, But most likely, if you'll investigate, if you'll dig a little deep in what's going on in their lives, you might discover that the reason why they're not able to have fun is because they're holding a grudge. They're unforgiving. Jesus said that in verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But... If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So if you forgive other people, God will forgive you. 
If you do not forgive other people, God will not forgive you. If, if, if you will not forgive them of their sins, if you will not forgive them of their injustice towards you, if you will not for, forgive them for what they have said to you or about you, then we have here in this scripture, this is what Jesus had to say. These words are in red. We can believe it. We can count on it. We understand that forgiveness, our receiving forgiveness is based on our willingness to forgive. That's really, really important to understand. Now, this does not mean that a saved believer will lose their salvation if they find themselves unwilling to forgive. That, that doesn't line up with the rest of Jesus' teachings. It does not line up with, with Paul's teachings. It does not, when you look at from an interpretational perspective, it doesn't hold water. So it must be something else. It's not that if you get to a place where you're unwilling to forgive someone as a believer, you've lost your salvation or you never were saved to begin with. Now, what it does mean is this. There is relationship and there is fellowship with God, right? So I'm married. I have a relationship with my wife. We are married, right? Now, we are always married. There's no question about that. We're hitched. You know, it, we're, we're together. But now, if we have an argument or if I have a stupid idea or if, if I say something wrong, we may have times that we don't have fellowship, right? Hope he makes it. It's going to be a rough curve right there. <laughs> we do not have fellowship. We don't have fellowship. So that's the same with Jesus here. We are born again. We are saved. By faith, we are made right with God. We are not made right with God through works. That's the, what the Bible teaches us. So we are not saved by works either. So if, if we are unwilling to forgive someone, it doesn't mean that we have lost our salvation or our relationship with God has been broken. It means that we have a broken fellowship with God, and that's always a problem. So if you're walking around holding a grudge, if you're unforgiving in some area of your life to some person in your life, then you've got to understand that your fellowship with God is damaged. And I think at least we can say it's not what God wants it to be, and it's not what you should want it to be as well. Number two, a believer is never unable to forgive. You may have said this. You may have heard other people say this. I just can't believe I just can't forgive so-and-so. That's an impossible thing for a believer. In Christ, we always have the ability to forgive. The issue is not do we have the ability to forgive. The issue is we're not willing to forgive. So you may have been dealt a, a, a really unjust blow. Someone really hurt you, harmed you in some way. And, and, and from a human perspective, you can write down the list of all the reasons you have that you're not willing to forgive. But the ability is not a sound reason because you have God, you have Christ, you have his power. I mean, we have at our, uh, you know, we can, we can experience the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. So there's never a time that we can't forgive. So if you're stuck in that, if you're stuck believing the lie that you just can't forgive so-and-so, 
You just don't have what it takes. You just can't muster it up. That's not a true thing. You can forgive through the power of Christ. You may not be able to forgive through your power, but you can forgive through the power of Christ. Something else I think is really important for us to understand. A believer, a Jesus person, a believer that has been forgiven will be driven by the Holy Spirit to forgive. Matter of fact, I believe the Holy Spirit will make you some miserable if you are unwilling to forgive someone. It'll haunt you. He'll, the Holy Spirit will work on you. He'll speak to you at night. He'll speak to you in the morning. When you see that person, he will speak to you that the Holy Spirit desires us to forgive. I mean, Jesus, obviously, Jesus is, is perfect love, right? Perfect love wants the, his children to be clean, to be successful spiritually, to be whole. Now, think about that. None of us want our children not to be whole. None of us want our children to limp through life. None of us want our children to, to experience the consequences of an unforgiving spirit, an unforgiving heart. Jesus blows our desires for that far away. He wants his children to, to have a close, intimate love relationship with the Lord and a close fellowship. And, and he does not desire that any of us would be in a grudge holder or unforgiving. And so the Holy Spirit is going to work to get us to forgive. So you may be experiencing that. You may be feeling that. It, it may, you may not be able to get away with it, away from it. It's constant. It's in the morning at night. It's when you read the Bible. It's when you hear stories of forgiveness. You just are, are there's a movement in your spirit to forgive. When that begins to fester up, when the ideas of forgiving take place, when you have an understanding and awareness that you should forgive, that's from the Holy Spirit. Don't suppress it. Don't ignore it. Don't reject it. Experience it and let it go. And, and say the words, I forgive you. I'm sorry. I've held a grudge. Get it open. Say it before you say it to them. Lord, help me to forgive someone. Give me the power. Lord, I forgive so-and-so for what they did to me when I was a kid or what they did to me in my college years or whenever it happened, right? But, but speak it. Talk about it. And then go to that person. If you can't go to that person, get them on the phone. If you can't get them on the phone, send them a snail mail. Do whatever you can, but talk to them. Don't let it go. Don't let it pass. It's too important for your own health and, and spiritual vitality and abundant life and God's power. Understand there are some major consequences that comes along with unforgiveness, bitterness. Hebrews says don't let that unhealthy root of bitterness grow in you. Don't let bitterness get a hold of you. Satan would love it that you would be bitter and grow old, mean, and grow old, uh, unsatisfied, and grow old, you know, mad at the world. He doesn't want any of his people. Jesus does not want any of his people being mad at the world. Resentment. To, unforgiveness causes resentment. Unforgiveness causes anger to take place. If you are unforgiving and you're not willing to forgive, it, it's that the, the joy that would be experienced with forgiveness, those negative things are going to take its place, like anger, like being 
irritable. I mean, if, oh, so, if you know somebody in your life and, and they're just always upset, they're always mad, they're always angry, they're always irritable, there may be an unforgiveness issue at work in their lives. Most likely there is. It also sours relationships with people. I mean, if you find that there are people that, that just don't seem to ever have any real close relationships, then an unforgiving spirit is probably present. It sours relationships with people. You can't have a healthy, flourishing relationship with people if you're unforgiving. If you're holding on to a grudge, it's impossible. You're, you're not healthy with it, and it's not going to take place. I read an article about the unforgiving church today, and, and, a, and a guy that wrote this article, one article that I read, said this. He believes that the reason why we see churches all across America, all across our Western world, without power is because of an unforgiving congregation. And he, he says, you know, he was a pastor at a church for a long time and got to know the people well and got to deal with them. And he began to discover that he was always counseling people to forgive. And he, he met great resistance in people being willing to forgive other people. And, and he believes that it is a direct connection between a church not having power and a church having power, that God would unleash his spirit. I don't know exactly how to score that. I don't know exactly how to read that. I'm not sure. I'm just saying it very well be a good, a good thing to think about. There's, there, there's got to be some truth in that that the power of God would be held back because Jesus' people weren't right with him. And if we are unwilling to forgive, we are not right with Jesus. Jesus is not pleased with us. Jesus is not good with us. We may be his children, of course, but the, the fellowship is broken because of an unwillingness to forgive. And Ephesians tells us, that unforgiveness grieves the Holy Spirit. Grieves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not delighted when we are unforgiving. Grieves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not flourishing and moving. So shouldn't we forgive so that we would not grieve the Holy Spirit? I mean, think about the consequences of grieving the Holy Spirit. Once again, I can't enumerate them. I can't tell you that I completely understand grieving the Holy Spirit. I just know it's better not to grieve the Holy Spirit than to grieve the Holy Spirit. And unforgiveness grieves the Holy Spirit. So think about that a moment. Something else. The desire of God is the forgiven will forgive. It's his plan. The forgiven will forgive. If you are forgiven, then he desires that you forgive. It's the way that he makes himself known in the world. Jesus said that he will be known by the love of his people. When Jesus' people love, they forgive. You don't love if you're not willing to forgive. If you're unforgiving in your spirit, in your, 
in your day-to-day -day activities, then your love has strings attached to it, and you love only when it benefits you. So obviously it makes sense that Jesus would want us to forgive. And there's stories throughout the Scripture that the forgiven will forgive. The forgiven will forgive. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning there in verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Now, unforgiveness will cause you to go to bed angry. You'll let the sun go down your anger. Unforgiveness will, will no question means that you're giving the devil an opportunity. You're giving an opportunity to wreck your world, to wreck your life. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. If you are not forgiving, these things will not be put away from you. Along with all malice. Malice is that deep-seated contempt that strategizes how to get revenge, strategizes how to harm other people, thinks about how to be disruptive in people's lives. Verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. We are to be kind and tenderhearted. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, the Holy Spirit's at work when you are growing in being kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another. We are to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So how do we forgive like we have been forgiven by God? How have we been forgiven by God? When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are to forgive like that. That's the pattern for us. So are you forgiving like you've been forgiven? Are you forgiving like Christ has forgiven you? We are to be forgivers. A man by the name of Charles Roberts lost his daughter in 1996, lived in Pennsylvania, and he never got over it. He was angry that he lost his daughter. He was bitter that he lost his daughter. He was mad at God, and he was just angry, and people would try to help him, and they weren't able to help him. And the anger finally built to a place where he just lost his marbles. He lost his mind. And he had such contempt. And, and, and I think that really what had to happen in him, he needed a great release 
of, of anger to take place. And he grabbed a gun and he went into a one-room Amish school and he killed 10 girls. Killed 10 girls. And he killed himself. Some interesting things took place. First of all, the press rushed to the side of that one-room school, wanting to hear the stories, wanting to, to interview the Amish people and, and get their desire for revenge. And you know how the press does when a tragedy happens. But they began to witness things that they weren't ready for. One of the first things that the reporters saw and experienced was that soon after the news of the shooting had happened and who the girls were that were killed that day, one of the grandpas of one of the girls that were killed found out where the Roberts family lived and went to their house and forgave them. Forgave them. Not only did he forgive them, but he organized a group of Amish men that would go to the Roberts house and protect them. To protect them. Because of the press, to keep the press away. Because people were so angry, of course, at 10 girls, innocent girls losing their life so unreasonably like that. And they protected the Roberts family. And one after another, the Amish people who lost girls in that shooting went and forgave their child that killed these girls. He said the family was stirred. And, and something else that took place that is definitely a product of forgiveness of Jesus' people loving like Jesus wants us to, forgiving other people the way we've been forgiven is that at Charles Roberts' funeral three or four days later after the shooting, there were more Amish at his funeral than family or friends or other people. That's what Jesus' people do. That's exactly what Jesus' people do. So, how do we forgive? We know we are to forgive one another. How do we do it? As God in Christ forgave you. We have been forgiven of all of our sin, so we are to forgive others. Help us, Father. Help us, Lord, to learn to forgive. And Lord, today, if there's any stronghold of unforgiveness in anyone's life, Lord, if it's deep-seated, Lord, if it's just wrecking their world, Lord, I pray today that your spirit will work and that there will be a desire to forgive, and it will be acted on. And Lord, we pray that we would not grieve your spirit, that we would go along with your spirit, we would agree with your spirit, that we would cooperate with your spirit, that we would yield to your spirit, and that, Lord, that your power would be on us, and we would experience those things that cannot be explained. Lord, help us to be faithful. And Lord, I pray today, not because of a position of righteousness, but from a position of your mercy. Lord, I know I'm to forgive because I've been forgiven.
In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.